There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Tara Saraban, and you're listening to World's Dumbest Criminals an upbeat podcast about deadbeat crims. If you're keen to hear about the most ridiculous, bizarre and downright stupid crimes and criminals in the world ever, you've come to the right place. In today's episode, I'll be talking about a woman who claimed to have seen Bigfoot and was suing the state of California after National Park officials didn't believe her as well as a window-licking pervert who hounded his neighbour for refusing to sleep with him, even after he offered to pay her, and much more. Alrighty, let's get cracking. My feature case this week isn't about a criminal. It's about a criminally stupid lawsuit. I figured I'd mix things up a bit, as when I saw this headline, I just knew this was something I had to cover. The headline read, I lost 125 pounds and decided to get a divorce. Woman who changed her life after she saw a Bigfoot is suing California after National Park officials say it was just a bear. Have you ever heard such a majestic headline? Sure, it was from the Daily Mail, and I know it's considered a lowbrow trash rag, but when you're working in the dumb criminal genre, It's a godsend. In March 2017, 45-year-old Claudia Ackley went for a hike near Lake Arrowhead, California, with her two daughters aged 14 and 11. At one point, her daughters noticed something out of the ordinary and stood frozen in their tracks staring at it before Claudia joined them. She told the media, I ran into a Sasquatch, a Bigfoot. We were face to face. He was 30 feet up in a tree. I don't think it's possible to be face to face with something 30 feet above you, but okay. It's also funny that that's the part of what she said that my brain chose to take issue with. Claudia claimed the Sasquatch was big and barrel-chested, with a head three times the size of a person's, and weighed around 800 pounds. In a forest somewhere, that Sasquatch is listening to this episode, recalling the moment he saw Claudia and thinking to himself, that was pre-COVID. I was like 680 pounds at that point. No wonder we want humans to think we don't exist. They're a pack of fat-shaming bastards. Claudia stated, he looked like a Neanderthal man with hair all over him. He had solid black eyes. He had no expression on his face at all. He did not show his teeth. He just stared at the three of us. She said she made a howling whoop sound at it because she believes that's how they communicate. 
and Bigfoot responded by rocking back and forth, shaking tree branches. She claimed she was trying to tell it to please not hurt her and her children. In the interest of safety, she told her daughters to turn and slowly walk away. She said her youngest daughter, who shot video of the encounter on her phone, told her she'd seen two other similar creatures on the ground that ran away when they approached. Claudia called 911 to report the close encounter, but they didn't believe what she told them for some reason. She said they dismissed her by saying, I'm sorry you saw a bear. And she replied, No, this was no bear. I know what I saw. So Claudia called the State Department of Fish and Wildlife, which sent out an investigator. She showed the video her daughter took of the alleged alpha male Sasquatch to the investigator, who also said that what she had seen was a bear. Claudia refused to accept that on the grounds that her daughters have seen bears and they're not scared by bears. I think it might actually be more practical to be scared by bears than by Bigfoot. We know bears exist. People have seen them and been attacked by them. They leave droppings and footprints and fur. There are bones of bears that have died. I don't want to be a buzzkill, but where's all that evidence of Bigfoot? After her Sasquatch sighting was not taken seriously, Claudia joined forces with Todd Standing, the man behind the film Discovering Bigfoot. In January 2018, she filed a lawsuit against the state of California, as well as the California Department of Fish and Wildlife, for refusing to acknowledge the existence of the species of Bigfoot. Todd had also filed a similar lawsuit in his home country of Canada. According to sbsun.com, Claudia's lawsuit alleges that the California Department of Fish and Wildlife and the State Natural Resources Agency have been derelict in their duty by not acknowledging the existence of the Sasquatch species, despite a mountain of documented and scientific evidence. And by doing so, they have damaged Claudia's livelihood, public image and credibility, as well as others dedicated to the study of the bipedal hominoid. Claudia claimed her biggest concern is that the government, by not acknowledging Bigfoot's existence, could be endangering the public. She stated, People have to be warned about these things. They are big. We're totally vulnerable to them. So, bears are safe to be around, despite them attacking about 40 people a year, and Sasquatches are dangerous, despite them attacking nobody ever. Got it. Makes sense. Claudia, who has been quite the Bigfoot enthusiast for over 20 years, says this isn't the first time she's seen the creature. She claimed her first official encounter with a Sasquatch was in Greenwater, Washington in 2014 during a Bigfoot trek vacation organised by her then-husband. She also believes she encountered one in Yosemite National Park on a camping trip in 1997, but she couldn't be 100% sure. Back then, she saw a large, hairy, two-legged animal walking into the woods. I wonder if an unwaxed Jason Momoa happened to be camping in the area at the time. 
In the 2014 incident, Claudia said she saw what she thought was a small, five-foot-tall Bigfoot in the trees and locked eyes with it. It was a huge, life-changing moment for her. She told the media, I realised at that point, looking at the creature, that there's so much of life that we don't know. Life is so beautiful and I'm wasting my years. So I lost 125 pounds and decided to get a divorce. It motivated me to chase my dreams and live my life. Aha, she must have caught a rare glimpse of the short Bigfoot of weight loss and divorce. I wonder if her husband regretted taking her on that trip, or if this was the outcome he was hoping for at the time. Claudia has been back to the scene of her most recent Bigfoot sighting to leave snacks for him, including apples, oranges, fritos, and a can of Coca-Cola. I'm guessing this is because the mountain of documented and scientific evidence she referenced in her lawsuit cites Coke and corn chips as Bigfoot's favourite foods. She also made it a voice-activated picture book in an effort to communicate with it. She recorded words such as candy and fur and attached pictures or samples of the items to the book. What is she trying to teach it to say? Your fur tastes like candy? Claudia explained. We think they have a language, as people have recorded them actually speaking. I'm trying to teach them a little bit of our language to communicate with them. Your fur tastes like candy. Obviously, a lot of people are side-eyeing Claudia and her colourful claims, but discovering Bigfoot documentary maker Todd Standing isn't one of them. He said he is convinced Claudia is telling the truth after checking out the area where the encounter was supposed to have occurred and examining the video footage recorded by her daughter. However, he was rather surprised by the location of the alleged sighting, as California Sasquatches are known to inhabit mainly northern California wilderness areas, not densely populated mountain regions. Todd told SBSun.com, If this goes to court, we will win easily. That's not a joke. The best wilderness experts in the world are coming out to testify. It's amazing! However, other Sasquatch experts have called Todd out as being involved in the lawsuits as a way to garner publicity for his documentary. His film, Discovering Bigfoot, has been out since 2017 and the Amazon reviews have been pretty mixed. One reviewer wrote, I'm a huge fan of Bigfoot and have found the people in this documentary very credible. He is not a hoaxer. I've seen just about every documentary and movie on Sasquatch and believe this one to be authentic. While another reviewer claimed, Todd Standing has no credibility. His real videos are laughable. He must create those Bigfoot heads himself. So cheap, so tacky, just a complete joke. Nobody in the Bigfoot world takes him seriously anymore. Woo, heavens to Betsy. You don't want to be laughed at by the Bigfoot world, that's for sure. As for the outcome of Claudia's lawsuit, she actually requested that the court dismiss it. 
Her attorneys advised her to stop the suit and have them rewrite it as if they went ahead with the original filing that she and Todd wrote, she would have been eaten alive. She said she planned to refile the suit, but so far, no dice. In September 2018, a Canadian court dismissed Todd Standing's other lawsuit, claiming British Columbia had failed in its duty to recognise that Sasquatches exist. He was seeking to get them to acknowledge that Bigfoot was an Indigenous mammal living within British Columbia. The province successfully argued that the civil claim lacked an air of reality. Uh, copy that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. In October 2020, 23-year-old student nurse Eleanor Madison moved into a house with a friend in Salford, Greater Manchester. She really enjoyed living there for the first four months, but that came to a shuddering halt all because her entitled creepy neighbour decided he wanted to have sex with her and wouldn't take no for an answer. It's a story as old as time itself. In January 2021, Eleanor ordered some medical books for her nursing course. She was on a placement when they arrived and her flatmate wasn't home, so the delivery person left them with her 46-year-old neighbour, Jihad Khan. Her mobile phone number had been listed on the package, so Khan called her to say that he had her parcel and she arranged to collect it that evening. She'd never even met him until then. In a quick exchange, she picked it up, thanked him and went back home. Later that night, Khan messaged Eleanor saying, Good night, love. I'm going to work. Eleanor said, I ignored the message, but he continued sending love heart emojis and asked if I would go out with him. I told him I had a boyfriend to try to put him off, but instead he offered me £100 to go on a date with him. He was a middle-aged man in his 40s and I thought he was inappropriate. Eleanor wasn't too concerned at first, but then he started declaring his love for her and sent her a racy picture of a couple kissing in their underwear on a bed. She replied by asking him to leave her alone. Some of his messages were published online, and I'm going to take the liberty of reading them out to you to give you an idea of what she experienced. He tended to send a few of them per minute. They were coming pretty, you know, thick and fast. Now, I've heard of pester power working for little kids to wear their parents down so they can get the toy they want, but this is ridiculous. All right, so these are his messages. Really, I like you. Drooping flower emoji. You single love? Heart, flower, champagne glasses, clinking emojis. Question mark, question mark. Sorry, love, you tell me. I give you gift. You my good friend. 
Eleanor, no thank you. Khan, really, I love you. Love heart and drooping flower emojis. Love is love. Do love heart emojis. Then later, today I'm off chilling. Drink. You like drink? I love you. Droopy flower emoji. Really, I love you. You like want me, please? Love. Two love heart emojis. You are beautiful. I love you. Are you lesbian? <laughs> She must be the biggest lesbian of them all to not be jumping his fence and landing on his dick by now, right? What other reason could there possibly be? Back to Khan's messages, where he's decided to turn the victim bullshit all the way up to eleven. Broken love heart emoji. Six crying emojis. Love you. Six more crying emojis. Eleanor, I swear to God, if you message me one more time, I will call the police. Khan, please. I love you. Tongue out emoji. Six crying emojis. Whoa, that one's emotionally complicated. Love is love. I love you. Please, love is open. Ugh, just goes on like this for fucking ever. Then he offers her two hundred and nine pounds to have sex with him, which is a rather specific number. Then he declares his emoji-filled love another several times, interspersed with the word "please." Is his aim to be so bloody annoying that she'll throw him a pity fuck to make him go away? Has that ever worked? Eleanor told the media. His house was opposite mine, and when I left my house, I'd see him staring at me. On one occasion, he was in his bedroom, and he knocked on the window to get my attention, and then began licking his window as he stared at me. It really made me sick. Where on earth is he getting his ideas about what is seductive to a woman? Has any woman ever seen a man licking a window at her and thought to herself? Now that's a panty dropper. No, no, they haven't. They really, they have not. In fact, the term "window licker" is derogatory slang for someone of low intelligence, and in this case, it fits. He's certainly one of the world's window lickingest criminals. Khan's presence made Eleanor's once happy home a frightening place to be. She said, "My housemate and me worked alternate shifts, so I was often in the house on my own, and I didn't feel safe. I just didn't know what he was capable of or what he could do next. I found myself shutting the blinds and curtains in the house, so I didn't have to see him staring constantly at me from his window. Ugh, creepy." Eventually, it seemed one of the messages Eleanor had sent her boundary-disrespecting neighbour, telling him to leave her alone, had worked. She did not hear from him for nearly two blissful weeks, and hoped the harassment was behind her. But on February first, he started texting her again, and he came back with a bang, sending her forty messages in one day. Eleanor revealed, "He sent me my own photo from my WhatsApp, which was really creepy." It had a love heart on it. Then, when I didn't reply, he sent me a message saying "fuck you, bitch." Now it's funny how quickly true love can turn into hostile insults, isn't it? Makes you wonder if it was ever really love at all. 
Oh, and then he sent her a dick pic, which she said turned her stomach. So there's that too. Eleanor called the police and they arrested Khan that same day. This didn't give Eleanor peace of mind for long, though, as she knew he'd be back and she didn't know how he'd react. She was worried that getting the police involved would make him decide to amp up his harassment campaign. She said, He didn't message again, but he was constantly staring at me whenever I answered the door. I could feel his eyes. He had his bed pushed up by his window and he was watching. He didn't seem to have taken the court case seriously at all. This whole situation left Eleanor too afraid to remain in her house, so she moved into a block of flats that had around-the-clock security and also changed her phone number. In light of her traumatic experience, she started a petition to have phone numbers removed from packages. She said, This could all have been avoided if my number hadn't been on the parcel. Khan appeared in court in October this year and was convicted of harassment and sending malicious communications. He avoided jail time and was instead handed a 12-month community order, a 12-month restraining order, and 20 days of rehabilitation, along with 240 hours of unpaid work. Hopefully cleaning windows in a men's prison. With his tongue. Now it's time for Legend of the Week. After talking about Dumb Criminals all episode, I'd like to highlight a hero, two-legged or otherwise, who went out of their way to help stop a crime. In April 2014, a 25-year-old woman was taking her pet African grey parrot for a walk in Sunny Hill Park in London, which is not something I knew people did until now. She and her feathered friend Onesie were enjoying their time outdoors until a random man came up to the woman, grabbed her by the shoulders and shoved her to the ground. Seeing his owner in peril, Onesie thought to himself, Not today, you cowardly fuck, and rushed to her defence. Metro.co.uk reported that he flew at the attacker, flapped his wings aggressively and squawked at the top of his tiny lungs until the man ran away. Thankfully, neither Onesie or the woman ended up being injured in the attack. Her assailant was not caught, but I hope he gets scary Hitchcockian flashbacks every time he even thinks about attacking another person. Something related to the possible disturbance we had there. There was no disturbance. To finish up, I have a few punchline crimes for you. These are cases with hardly any information available, and they sound more like jokes than something that actually happened. In July 2018, two men and a woman celebrated the last day of Shark Week by kidnapping a 16-inch long horn shark named Miss Helen from the San Antonio Aquarium in Texas. The shark-napping trio scooped her out of her enclosure in a net they'd brought with them and placed her in a baby stroller before wheeling her out of the aquarium. Oh my, what a beautiful baby you have. (gasps) After reviewing CCTV footage that captured the kidnapper's license plate, the police were able to track them down. When rescuers came to free Miss Helen, one of the men claimed he'd legally bought her and presented the police with an obviously doctored receipt. 
All three were taken to the station for questioning, but only the ringleader Anthony Shannon was charged with felony theft. Thankfully, Miss Helen was returned home to the aquarium unscathed. In September last year, a mysterious trespasser broke into a house in Ontario, Canada, while the occupants were asleep. They entered the premises through an unlocked sliding glass door sometime between 1am and 8.15am. Although they didn't steal anything, they left behind a calling card of sorts by defecating in the dishwasher before scampering away from the residence. The culprit is still at large. Anyone with any knowledge of the shit-and-run bandit is urged to call Crime Stoppers. In 2017, Welsh men, David Perry and Jerome Nunes, were transporting thousands of pounds worth of cocaine when they accidentally backed into a police car. Instead of trying to act normal and containing the situation, they drove off, leading the police on a high-speed car chase while throwing bags of cocaine out of the car windows along the way. When they thought they'd outrun the cops and disposed of the evidence, they hosed down the car and quickly changed their clothes. But police soon tracked them down and noticed white flecks of cocaine in David's hair. Although he swore adamantly that the flecks were in fact dandruff, not cocaine, police analysis proved otherwise. This brings me to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe if you want to stay up to date with all future episodes. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. Thanks so much to the homie Justino from South Korea and ABOGS58 from the USA for doing just that. If you want more dumb criminals in your life, you can join our World's Dumbest Criminals podcast Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at WDCriminalsPod and Instagram at World's Dumbest Criminals Podcast. If you'd like to support the show and get access to ad-free episodes, monthly bonus episodes, and a variety of merchandise, head on over to patreon.com forward slash world's dumbest criminals. Please stay tuned after the closing music to hear a promo from my friends Jen and Lindsay's true crime podcast, Corpus Delicti. Till next week, look after yourself, stay out of trouble, and whatever you do, don't commit a crime that makes you end up on this podcast. Movies inspired by real crimes, cruise ship deaths and disappearances, crimes that shape the course of history, and crimes involving families. These are just a few of the series you can find on Corpus Delicti. Corpus Delicti is a weekly true crime podcast that takes a series approach, spending several weeks at a time discussing crime within a certain topic. Hosted by two Southern Bells, we bring you compelling stories with a hint of Southern charm. Sometimes, the stories will make you cry. Sometimes, you might even laugh. But they're stories you won't want to miss. Find Corpus Delicti on your favorite podcast app by searching for C-O-R-P-U-S 
D-E-L-I-C-T-I, and join us every Tuesday. Hope to see you then. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.